Um, welcome back to Tea and Stuff. Uh, I'm joined with a friend, Jamie, all the way from Taiwan. Um, your family has a garden in uh, Tilai Shan. Yeah. And, um, you take it from there. Okay. Um, so I'm Jamie. Uh, my Chinese name is Jia Luan, but Jamie is much easier to remember. So <laughs> I grew up in a tea family. My grandparents are from Nantou. My grandpa is from Dongjing area, and um, all the family on my grandma's side, they grow tea. And currently, I'm learning tea making uh, with my relatives on Qilai Mountain. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> How long have you been kind of into the tea producing and all that, like since you started actually kind of studying it and practicing it? Uh, I think I started... Uh, reading it on books about maybe four years ago for actually getting very interesting tea after i started living in europe uh it's it's just kind of funny i, I grew up in the tea family and um i just i was just in the environment i was just like this is tea i drink it <laughs> so um until i went to europe i started getting more interested in tea and um uh, in the past maybe two years, uh, I had more practical uh, practice in mm -hmm. tea making um, or holding tea tasting. So um, in the recent few months, I started um, making tea, like actually in our production. So part of the production were made by me. So it's yeah. kind of, a, yeah. <laughs> So you've obviously, obviously you've been to the garden, but you've, you're, you've done the picking, you've done the processing, you've done the uh, roasting. What's mm -hmm. your, well, I know you've had a little experience with roasting and also you've already had some success with roasting. So <laughs> tell us, talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually quite funny that um, I only started learning tea making intensively uh, quite recently, only after I came back to Taiwan this time from, uh, from my studies in Europe. And uh, my relatives have been very supportive in terms of teaching me how to make tea. Uh, but it, uh, it took some time for me to actually get there. So like at the beginning, I, it was hard trying to learn uh, as a girl uh, in the tea making industry. Um, and then uh, like about a month or two after I contact my relative, I was like, hey, I did this trip around Taiwan and still struggled to find a tea master that's willing to teach me because the tea industry in production, it's, um, they're pretty uh, close to their own people, especially yeah. family. So they only teach to their, let's say mostly some. So uh, yeah. it was kind of hard. Like they would be very happy to show me their tea factories, uh, but when it really comes to teaching you how to how to make it uh, in, with their techniques or a little tips that makes the perfection, it has to be your own family. So I decided to um, start learning tea with my family. And um, at the beginning, they were just like, 
hey, it's fine. Uh, I'll take pictures for you. I would just, uh, you just press it at 8.30 uh, when I was learning <laughs> how to uh, pen fixing the tea in the process. Mm -hmm. The tea master was like, it's fine. I would just stand here with your camera and uh, just press this button. And when a tea falls down, just pick it up. And that's about it. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I really want to learn tea. And they were like, nah, nah, nah. Just press this down for now. Do you, and, think, uh, do you think that they think that you're, you, like, you want to learn about tea, but you really just, you just want to see the hands-on stuff. You don't necessarily really mean like you're going to get on your, you know, on your hands and knees and start making stuff, put in your hard work, or do they know that and just discount you because you're a female and, and you're not I family? Think, mm -hmm. I think it's half half actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the beginning, because we have a lot of visitors to our tea factories trying to, uh, watch the process. Uh, some of our other tea members also try to learn it as well, but because uh, we they had too much experience having people over just wanted to check out the process and they would claim that they want to learn it but um, when you actually start teaching them they're not because tea making is a very hard and tough work so a lot of people will think it's too tiring so they just give up mid mm. in the middle of it so um yeah, my family thought I was one of it, but hey, no, <laughs> I really want to learn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it took me, I think, about a month to actually convince them to show them. So I start by like the most basic stuff, like lifting the tea leaves. Um, so you start by like actually working with them, like mm -hmm. not just asking them to teach you at the very beginning. So you have to like, vibe with them <laughs> they have to feel like yeah you actually want to learn it <laughs> because i think it's kind of hard if you're a guy it's kind of it's pretty easy for you to like blending and become friends with other tea masters you just need a bottle of um we call them like it's kind of like energy drink but it contains alcohol and that's like <laughs> a kind of way for them to make friends and you just need a bottle of that but for me like, i don't really drink alcohol so it's like, uh, I can only try to be cute. <laughs> so, um, yeah, half of it, it's because they don't think I'm actually uh, wanting to learn it. Uh, so they just think that they thought at the beginning that, oh, I just want to, you know, check out the process and maybe take a few photos. And yeah. um, took them a while. Uh, but half of it. It's because I'm a girl. Um, so the tea production industry in Taiwan, it's very heavily dominated by guys. Uh, yeah. In the planking part, it's uh, mostly ladies, but um, it depends on elevation as well. Most of the area um, is like have grandmas that are very, very old, like 80 or like the oldest I've seen is like 90 years old, like plunking leaves. <laughs> And, yeah. um, but yeah, nowadays the younger people don't really want to, um, do the harvesting job because it's too, too tiring. And, um, so yeah. Um, so in that plunging, there are more female, but then after plunging, after the tea come back to the factory, there are not, uh, I've heard there are a few tea masters that are, uh, women in the industry, but 
I've never yeah. seen them in person. It's like, yeah, legend. I, like, yeah. I, I've met the daughter of one of them. So mm -hmm. at least, at least I have some proof to reassure you that, that, that female producers and masters they do exist. exist even in Taiwan. Yeah. But I do understand also that, especially when it comes to the making of the product, mm -hmm. very, yeah. very male driven. Whereas sometimes mm -hmm. like if you message a company or something, you'll mm -hmm. get a female, they'll be yeah. the face of the company. They'll be the one who, who talks and, and uh, arranges things, but it's not too often that they're the ones that are ro actually roasting the tea and, and mm -hmm. like of all the videos I see even on Instagram of like tea production happening, even when mm -hmm. they're like emptying out the tumbling bins and stuff like that, all men, all men, yeah. maybe every now and then you see like one female, but yeah. And I, and I get like for years either, you know, they were, it was just male driven, but like, mm -hmm. I can understand a lot of like more typical female types that, you know, they'd see that level of tea production and they'd mm -hmm. hard work or not. Hard work's a bad word, but like they see that and they're like, yeah, I don't really want to be doing that. I, I, there's other mm -hmm. things I'd rather be doing. So it's yeah. got, it's got to be, see, the, but that's the thing though, is that because a person like you, not only because you're young and still want to get into the tea industry, but also mm -hmm. because you're female and you're serious, I would think personally that when a producer would see that, maybe not right at first, but when they see that, I, I couldn't imagine a producer not wanting to teach you. That's but, my idea. That's yeah, 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 I guess in an ideal world, right? Ideal Western mindset, I guess. Right. But for them, uh, cause I live in the capital in Taipei and I've met a few farmers before I uh, went on my trip around Taiwan trying to learn tea. And um, I talked to several of them uh, in different regions and I was like, I really want to learn tea making. And then they're like, you mean um, just knowing how to taste tea? And I'm like, no, no, no. Actually started from scratch, like the tea leaves and all the way till the end production. And they're like, well, I don't think it's convenient for us to like take you as a female in our factory because the whole production goes on for like 36 to 48 hours, depending on like um, your oxidation level or how dry you want your tea to be yeah. at the end. So it takes a really long time. And so like, um, as I explained before, there's like this energy drink, energy drink culture that contains alcohol. So they think like, oh, they just told me like, oh, our tea masters sometimes drink in the midnight and I think it's kind of dangerous. And we don't know where to put you in our dormitory as well. So it's mostly about like, oh, they think it's like kind of hard to arrange me in a, all male settings and uh it's just not very common to see a girl uh i think a young girl especially in the industry young people it's already rare but like female yeah. it's like it's yeah, like i always ask yeah typically if you do see a female that's been in the business for a while you can tell that they're they're older like they're established mm -hmm. and that's why they're there is because you're seeing them after they paid their dues kind of way mm -hmm. down the line, but it's not often you're seeing a young and a young female mm -hmm. wanting to get yeah. this involved. It's always like, I always ask every tea master that I meet and I'm like, do you know any uh, 
female tea master they're like yeah yeah but they never told me who so it's like the legends say there it's a there are some female tea masters but i don't know who but it would be very cool if i finally meet some dark um i don't really mind it's not my age but it's just to know that there is a female uh like in the industry but i think my um my grandma's sister uh she's a very hardworking woman she's in her late 60s and she she like really worked her way up from all the way from knowing how to plunk tea like she started from plunking tea leaves mm-hmm. and then knowing each part every detail of the production and then now she's more like the 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 woman behind the business <laughs> So she's like the head of the business in in Chilai or Chilai Chilai Mountain. So I really look after her. She's a very strong woman. Um, so yeah, dude, it's wild. Like so, to give background on kind of how you and I got to talking, is that when I first got into Gong Fu Tea, I immediately found that Taiwanese oolongs were were like they were an easy win for me. Like if it was a good quality one, I'd love it. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I was drinking around the different areas and I thought I had gained a basic knowledge of most of the main production areas. And then a friend who's in Taiwan was like, oh, you have this fantastic batch of tea this year. And I'm like, oh, from, you know, from what area? And they said, tea lai shan. And I was like, I've never heard of that, never had it from mm-hmm. there. So they're like, okay, you know, I'll, uh, let's send you out a sample and, and give it a try. And when I drank it, I was just blown away because it was so crisp. It was so clean. When mm. you drank it, you just felt refreshed. Like it was just this really nice feeling just to even just drink the tea. So it was a tea mm-hmm. I fell in love with right away when I found out about it. And then I kept it uh, before I had a store. And even when I had a store, even if I didn't carry it at the time in my tea cabinet, I have a stash. like always of tea from that mountain um, um it's like fresh from the year or no no sometimes like for years sometimes it would be like i'd have it kind of stored away in years where i didn't mm-hmm. carry it but i'd always make sure that for my personal drinking cabinet mm-hmm. that there was always chilai shan like it was something oh. i had to have and so i've just been really really fond of that area and i've, I've worked with different producers and just tea from that mountain is just really, really lovely. It really mm-hmm. is. And so you, we, through Instagram, you, you like to picture we're in, in a live session or something. And then I look a little further and I see that you're a producer or that, you know, family are, are in tea production. You're getting into the actual tea, tea uh, industry and that you were not only on tea lai, Sean, like that's where you're, that's where the family garden was, which was cool mm-hmm. enough, but that you had all the same uh, standards that I have about teas that I want to carry. Like I'm so strict about them being a certain level of, of mm-hmm. uh, handmadeness and, and care and intention put in. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope I didn't seem too cocky, but it was just sort of like, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really love to try your tea. So we, we arranged that and mm-hmm. uh, I drank, I think, what four or five different samples um and the tea was just phenomenal i mean oh. definitely met and was prob- 
probably exceeded my expectations a bit. Um, oh, absolutely. So it, was, so it was so crazy to not only have made this cool contact and we had talked and, and, you know, had, had, a re had really good conversation and it was like, mm -hmm. wow, wouldn't it be great if this person's tea was really good and, and, you know, I could work with her and her family in the future and mm -hmm. to taste it and see how good it was. It was like, oh, that's awesome. And then yeah. you and I kept talking more and I learned more and more about your side of the mission and, and how you're involved with the tea and stuff like that. And it's just, it was, oh, it's just amazing um, and interesting. And I was like, that's definitely a person that I want to have on for conversation because you're mm -hmm. very unique in a lot of aspects. Um, so, I, I mean, you're, you have troubles, but do you think you're getting any type of footing now with respect as far as it goes are people taking you at least slightly more seriously now or have you found ways to get in with those people better mm, i think having solid knowledge uh it's very important to, to at least when when the elder generation trying to roast you with questions just because you're young and woman because uh, we had a guest coming over. Uh, he's a tea shop owner, and um, he was coming over to sample some tea. But my relative was not home, so I held the test tasting for him. And um, so we had different dates uh, uh, line up on the table, and I was like, I was sort of joking with him. I was like, "Do you taste a little bit powdery in this state?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's pretty dry." And I was like, "Yeah, I." I can fix this one as like the powder from like uh, the makeup because <laughs> we always show that in the in the industry when a tea it's very dry it has this powdery taste um, and then he's like yeah I, I can taste that and then he was like oh so you uh you you started learning tea making and I was like yeah yeah um I was learning it and um the tea masters said I could catch the the texture and get the timing of the texture in a pen fixing process. And he's like, oh, interesting. And then he's like, it just seemed like he didn't believe me. I was like, uh, this girl is talking nonsense. I don't think she knows anything. So he started like roasting me with questions like, oh, so what material of the of that tumbler that you use and what temperature do you um do you do it on? And like very, very specific questions as if I was getting it like examine it so and then I answered all of these questions and then he was like oh okay and then like he thought about it for like a few seconds and then he looked away and he's like huh girls making tea <laughs> like he's just like girls making tea huh and I was like oh <laughs> so I think it's still like kind of frustrating sometimes uh like people don't really uh see you uh like they don't really think that you know how to make tea or like think you are actually interesting in an industry of making tea uh when they know you're a young person and a girl uh because usually the tea master are like maybe the youngest i've met is like 27 mm -hmm. and uh average age is probably like 30 40 and the oldest yeah. one is like I don't know, very old. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm pretty young in the industry. 
Um, but well, I'm just happy to learn. So um, I don't, I don't get very sad about it. But it is like, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying my best. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna do that, like, unfortunately, in this how the world is, is that you're gonna have to put up with uh, a good mm -hmm. amount of that. But if you put, I, I, I'm a person that does believe though, if you do put in your your time and you just stay on your mission and you just show mm -hmm. your dedication, like you'll eventually get there. And then you'll be a person that uh, everybody celebrates and like tell you this great story about this team master that, that <laughs> fought, fought against. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, that was me. Where were you, where were you all congratulating me when I was going through it? Right. Uh, always <laughs> humble. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I do think people, um, People see me as a more serious uh, learner in um, uh, tea making industry after I, I got <laughs> this plaque. <laughs> so, um, because I think tea competitions in Taiwan, they actually mean a lot to people in the industry. Uh, but uh, funny story, it's like this plaque was uh, this is from a tea roasting competition for high mountain tea in Nanto area. And um, it was supposed to be a roasting class. And after that, it comes with the competitions. But then <laughs> everyone was very experienced uh, tea farmers in the industry and having their products being sold on the market very popular. And wow, I'm just a new person, a beginner, and I never roasted tea before. <laughs> and um, during that class, they teach nothing about um, how to roast tea. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, same as last year. Yeah, everyone knows how to roast tea, so I don't have to mention too much about it. And everyone just nodded. And I was like, what? What about me? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think they have the same in Taiwanese dialect that... Um, a beginner always always uh, uh, put more efforts into uh, into into like competitions, and the beginner always like tend to I don't know have better grades or something. But I think it's also true because it was my first time roasting tea, so I really spent a lot of time. I spent twelve hours just sitting on a table. I had I had about um, let me calculate. I think it's about five kilograms of tea. Mm -hmm. with me and then uh i was stemming it uh hand by hand each by each little tiny bowl of uh rolled oolong so i was like picking it with my hand and you know when your ocd comes up it's like oh this one is not stemmed <laughs> so you have to pick <laughs> yeah. it up and be like oh okay now i feel better <laughs> so it took like 12 hours to like just to stem the tea and my uncle already finished. My uncle was also in the competition and he already finished roasting. Uh, but uh, when I was just about to finish my stemming. <laughs> so I stayed up all night uh, roasting that tea. So it's like, I didn't sleep for the whole day. And I roasted until that we had it. We had to hand in the tea like eight in the morning. So you got a tea on Saturday and then you bring the tea home. And then you you have like, about 24 hours to roast this tea. So everyone gets the same batch. And then it depends on like what uh, roasting level do you think it's uh, it's suitable for this uh, quality or this uh, characters of the tea. And um, 
yeah, so I, I was rushing until like eight in the morning while we had to hand in the tea at eight thirty. <laughs> so we were having a fast and furious scene on the way up to the mountain to hand in the tea, and I was the last <laughs> one to hand in the tea, and my tea was still hot when I handed it in. And then oh, wow. it was so funny. It's like it's very obvious that this person roast teas for the first time. <laughs> so, so what, um, what place did you come in? Uh, I got a second place. Uh, so it's like um, top, and then uh, but in Chinese it's a little bit different. But if you were to put it in English, it's like you have the top. That's one person, and you have like the price comes after, and then it's probably you would say first, uh, mm -hmm. and then that's like probably three people, and then you have the second. That's uh, about four, if I remember correctly, three or four. So it's people. it's it's tiered so like at the top there's like the one person who's the winner and then in the second place there's a couple mm -hmm. people that are the second place winners like mm -hmm. that and then it brings yeah. down more mm -hmm. but top it's like that's like very very hard uh uh my competition had like about i think 60 or 70 participants uh, but you so came in second Yay. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, like you're like, was, you're like, well, listen, number one, I mean, we all know number one's the best, but I mean, did, dude, you did come in second. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Right. It, it was very funny because I was the only one that handed my tea in hot. So my tea was hot, but like, you wouldn't know which tea is yours because first you get a number for your batch of tea. And then when he handed it the tea, they give you another number. So nobody knew which tea um, belongs to who. But then I knew because my tea was hot. So like when the tea was lined up, they put it in a, in a sealed bag uh, to demonstrate. And then my uncle was like, hey, if you go in there, touch every bag of the tea and the one that was hot will be yours. And I was like, oh, smart. <laughs> so, so I found my tea. And then, so like, I was the only person in that competition knew uh, that was my tea. So when the judge say something on my tea, You're I was like, <laughs> and then my uncle will be like, "Whoa, she got in the final!" Like, <laughs> and I'm like, "You're so annoying," because I had I did not expect uh, to to get into the final because there are different ways uh, how they put. So you have a tea teapot and then a bowl in front of it. So you have it's a competition. Um, uh, sampling style so you have the teapot and then you have the bowl in front of it and the judge tastes from the bowl with the with their spoon mm -hmm. and then if they put the teapot in front of the bowl that means you get into the final like that means like you're straight to the final but i didn't know i didn't even know what does that mean i had to ask the tea farmer next to me i was like hey uncle do you know what does that mean when my teapot when the teapot is put in the front and he's like well that means you're in the final <laughs> i was like oh. oh i actually i thought it was like oh you're out because i don't know how does it work because if you if um if the teapot is behind the bowl that means this tea is out on the first round so um, that's how they eliminate uh, each round. So it was like about three, three rounds of um, three or four rounds of like tasting. And then they will keep on coming back and trying to find out. And uh, so it was just very funny. Like, because like people didn't talk to me. Like they would be like, I'm the youngest person. I was the youngest person there. 
and uh, other people are like 50 to like 40 to 60 years old. My uncle's like 30 ish, pretty young for tea farmers as well. And uh, so, of course, they didn't want to talk to me because I'm young. Like, this girl, <laughs> what does she know? And then, and then when my uncle was like, oh, she got into the final, that's her tea. And then people started like approaching me. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, kid. Uh, so your tea is this one, yeah? <laughs> and they're like, oh, where's your tea plantation? And I was like, I came with my uncle. And then <laughs> they were like, oh, what about... Uh, what competition do you usually go to? And I was like, well, it's my first time using the roasting machine. And then they were like, what? And they just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, ah, I just fucked luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're walking away like, did we just, did we really just experience that? <laughs> yeah, but. Did they, did they have any, what were their, did you hear any critiques, like some helpful critiques that they gave mm -hmm. about your roast? Oh, the judge was very, very very knowledgeable it was like as you were talking to the to the god of roasting or god of like tea or something right um he could just taste it in a second and he knew what happening what happened to this tea during the roasting process uh in terms of like how you how how you raise your temperature because you start you started roasting by low temperature and um after that uh, uh, it's like about maybe five hours of low temperature roasting to kill off the grassiness in the tea. And then you start your roasting level. And then he's like, well, it seems like during the process, you probably raise up by 10, 10 degree or like five degree higher than usual. And I was like, without me getting out my notes that I put down how uh, the timing and when I raise my, um, my temperature, he's like, he just knew it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, because I had to hand in a tea. So um, at the beginning, it was very, very sweet because uh, I use a lower temperature to uh, bring out the sweetness in tea uh, mm -hmm. to get that uh, nutty, creamy sweetness out of my tea and uh, also to enhance that floralness. And then after that, I added more roasting level and uh, my tea was the most roasted one in the in among all of the winners so the judge actually made a lot of comment on that like more than other people like he was like everybody look this tea it's the most you can roast uh, like this this number of the tea he was pointing at my tea and he was like this is the most this tea can go in terms of roasting level if you go further than that this tea will be astringent and i was like okay that put more pressure on me because people start talking to me <laughs> uh so yeah but then i think at the end because i had to hand in the tea so i was in a rush so i was like i wanted more roasting uh level in my tea so i raised the temperature by 10 degree and you need a long time to so you need to wait until your tea soup it's cleared to go on to the next temperature but I didn't really have time. So that was probably the part that I didn't get a better price. But uh, tea competition, it's a lot by luck as well, because it depends on who, like the tea next to you. So like yeah. the tea next to me was the top price. 
So, and then I told my relatives, they're like, ah, bad luck. <laughs> because the top is like the, the only one on, on the top top. So yeah. I was number 18 and then he was number 17. So we were in a comparison. So like, of course the judge would like taste my and he's. And then so like my grade will probably drop more because it's like the top top. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of bad luck. And by the personal preferences as well but also a very legit uh, uh i think comments and judgment from the from the judge as well so it, it's really cool to to actually see that uh for a person and uh yeah and actually so get this blood <laughs> how long ago did you receive that uh this was probably last month oh last month God. or yeah, like well, a couple, couple few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, give you a good fresh congratulations on the hat. Yeah. Um, so going forward, I mean, obviously you're continuing with tea, but what do you have any specific goals you're going to try to reach? It, let's mm -hmm. just say even in this next year, is there anything specific here mm -hmm. you're going to try to tackle? Um, I think right now is I. I would really want to learn um, tea making in different regions because our Chilai mountain, it's, uh, I think, tea above 1,800 meters uh, or high, high mountain tea. They tend to have very low oxidation level and no roasting. So maybe I would love to go to Alisan because Alisan, it's, um, they have a different uh, ways of oxidate, oxidizing. Uh, for oxidation and um yeah and the tea style it's completely different so um i'll probably I put, try to hmm? we, we have i mean i alone have that i use i mean i have like usually per year i usually have about four different producers on alishan mm -hmm. the thing i really like i thing i think i've learned about that island or that <laughs> that mountain specifically is that they make it's clearly an amazing mountain for tea because uh -huh. look at the varieties that get made on it the level there's all different levels of roasts and oxidation so even mm -hmm. of just one cultivar depending on the producer and so i think it would be super hard judging a best of alisan just because there would be so much variation and so much specialty the, mm -hmm. how I don't even know how I would judge that because they would all be equally as amazing in their own way. So I would assume that they are along the same mindset as you and that they didn't want to stick to just one production method. They kind of looked at what was out there and, and mm -hmm. you know, going forward, that's probably one of the smartest things you can do because, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the area of tea production, um, mm -hmm. they can be very strict about how to do things a certain way in one area. And then in another mm -hmm. area, there's, it's, it's up to creative control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like one thing I'm trying to, uh, to keep in mind is that I don't want to have a fixed view of how tea should be or how oolong should be made. I love to just look at different uh, tea masters techniques and and see oh if I like this I'll probably pick it up or just know like oh there's still this way of making or oxidizing uh doing the oxidations or um 
I think some teas that I'm just very surprised is like uh, when I went to Mingjian in Nantou, the elevation there is usually like 200 meters, but I had this tea from this master. He's like some kind of master. You've probably seen Kung Fu Panda, like the master you have to cross the mountain going to the clouds and you, you meet the master in a temple. And... You have to defeat a guard to get to them. Yeah, like he doesn't really go out and, and meet people. So you have to go to him. And I was introduced by another tea producer. So I was very lucky to meet him. He's tea, he has his own cultivar, which is very cool. His cultivar is called Zijingling. And I think it's, uh, if you want to translate that into, into uh, English, it's probably purple fairy. And I think it's a, some kind of mixed cultivar of... Um, Sijichun and maybe Jingchen. I don't remember exactly, but I remember how that tea was so soft. It was it, it was not something that you expect from a 200 meter. It's like usually tea from 200 meter is astringent and it's not soft at all, but that tea was so floral. And I was like, where's your tea garden? Is this somewhere like a thousand maybe? And he's like, nope, it's just from here to uh, 200 meter. So it just like explode my mind. I'm like, what? Like, so for me, now I appreciate more about um, the tea that a tea master get, uh, the, the tea leaves that one master get and then how they turn out by their techniques after, after their magic of making tea. So that's what I appreciate more. So I try not to have um, preferences in terms of like learning teas. I just want to learn different varieties and maybe maybe later on I will have my own way of making tea. Yeah, but like you said, with tea production, a lot of people don't realize it's not just as simple as step one, two, and three. You know, mm -hmm. set it to this temperature and walk away, come back five minutes later and it's done. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of it, at least really, really good tea, the best tea, let's say, uh is uh decisions get made on the spot so mm -hmm. you taste you taste the mao cha or you, or you um you notice certain aromas or certain coloration mm -hmm. changes and then you with experience and knowledge of all these different ways to make a leaf you mm -hmm. know where that's gonna go so then you know what you can do with it so mm -hmm. then you can apply and then if you're really knowledgeable and you know all these different uh, production techniques, then when you're at that point where you need to make a decision about the leaf, you may mm -hmm. have multiple ways you can go. And yeah. so, so it, it, it makes you just a smarter person to be more well-rounded with that stuff rather than, I mean, it's very admirable to, to dedicate yourself to a very certain practice and a certain way, mm -hmm. traditional way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a tea maker going forward, uh, especially young tea maker going forward, I would say mm -hmm. you're much better off learning from multiple masters as opposed to one. Sometimes the, the people that learn from one master are very sharp about how they feel about things because they see yeah. anything different from what they learned as a threat. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, that's to be respected to a certain amount, but mm. um, I personally yeah. would prefer a producer that, has experienced more and been exposed to more ideas mm, yeah because i remember it when i was learning the pan fixing um step um my uncle 
he wanted the tea leaves to be、uh, pan fixed very very dry, because the tea soup will become much more clear. But then the tea master who was teaching me the pan fixing, they always have a conflict because my uncle would come over、uh, and supervise. He's like, I want this dryness, and then the tea master would say, Okay. But then when my uncle left, he、uh, the tea master would tell me like, you know, your uncle doesn't know anything about it.、Uh, back <laughs> in my hometown, there's nobody doing it like this. It's too dry. We're not gonna be able to work with this tea later on. So. They will have their own point of、um, their own opinions added to、uh, the tea according to their experience. So it was actually pretty funny. At the end, my uncle let me take control of the timing of、um, when the pan fixing should be finished because I was able to feel the texture, and then I could like I could get the texture that my uncle wanted without. Further opinions or extra opinions. So he was like, "You will do this," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's it's definitely、uh, interesting to see how different masters have their very strong opinions on how each tea should be, and、uh, even just Ali San. I think there are so many different areas that have. Different oxidation or different、um, we call mountain tea or like area tea. I think just Alisan has so many different like I feel like Shizhuang and、uh, Zhang Shuhu. That's like a high region that is quite famous for people who roast for competition tea, and they have very different、uh, notes already. Even though it's、yeah. all on Alisan, so yeah, tea learning it's an endless rule. <laughs> <laughs> How do you? It's just a. I I'm just very interested to hear your thought on this. What is your idea of Ruby eighteen? What do you? How do you feel about that cultivar slash tea? You mean as like the taste, or how do I like it, or how does it? I mean, well, I guess I guess I'll give my thoughts first.、Mm -hmm, okay. I want to like it, and I think it's cool that it has that unique minty、mm -hmm. character to it. Mm -hmm. I always feel like it's shallow. It's like it, shallow. Like it always feels like it's it's good, but it's not great. What about Hongyun? Is Hongyun also shallow for you? Like number twenty one? Oh no, I I sell that. I love that. No, I love that. It's and I I've drank Ruby Eighteen from so many different producers,、mm -hmm. and. Every time, and I do, I try not to like build up the experience either. Like I go into it very clean slate, and I go, all right, let's taste this tea for what it is.、Mm -hmm. And there have been some that maybe for a couple steeps I like, but typically、mm -hmm. by like the fifth steep, the experience is pretty over.、Mm. Yeah. I just, I think... Maybe then does it does it maybe would you just say I maybe I haven't had good luck with the ones I've tasted. What about my family's black tea? Is it shallow for you as well?、Mm -mm. Because I'm trying to understand your your definition of shallow in terms of like back in the production, like so <laughs> shallow is in faint the the a little bit in the texture. It's a little too airy. The the、Or、like flavors, watery. Yes, yeah. The、mm -hmm. the、uh, rather than like tasting something that's being cooked, you're smelling it. Above, whereas it's a less lesser concentration. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, cause I actually had a, um, the judge from the roasting competition, this roasting competition, he's actually the, the, what's that? The cultivar um, factory, the head of the tea cultivar factory in Utsu County. So it was very interesting to hear about his thoughts on big leaf black tea, which are like Ruby 18 and all the other some lake black tea and uh, and also small leaves black tea. And I think it has a lot to do with oxidation level because if the oxidation level is not uh, uh, heavy enough, then it has that watery taste. And that often happens in small leaves black tea, like changing yeah. like cultivar. Uh, but I don't hear that much from the big leaf uh, cultivars, like you know, Ruby 18 or number 21, Hongyun. Uh, in fact, it's actually like the tea, I was just talking about it with my friends in the tea house today. And they're like, what do you brew for people who don't really know much about tea? And I was like, Ruby 18. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a wow yeah. factor tea. Like it, yeah. if nothing mm-hmm. else, like you said, mm-hmm. it's good for a beginner because it'll, they'll, they'll have, they won't have had something like it before. Yeah. Because I think a cool part is that introducing them that tea doesn't have to be flavored to have all the other notes because like a lot of western teas are added with um, aromas like fruits or or like some flowers in it to to add some notes to it but ruby 18 is like oh did you add something to it but no this is just how the tea cultivar tastes i think that would be like a good introduction for somebody who are not so experienced with tea before Uh, it's it's expensive but i like to I like to start new people off with a really good Dongfang Meiren. Oh my God, you're like my friend. If you can, if, and I, I, I'm very proud of the one that we've carried the last two years. If you sit Mm -hmm. down and I've done it with many people over the past two years, I've sat down and they're not really that into tea and I brew it. I don't say anything. I don't tell them it's special. I just say, Mm -hmm. here you go, drink it. And then I sit there and I watch them and you Mm -hmm. always get that like, wow like Mm -hmm. what is this that's yeah that's that's what we want and you're like yes like i think that's a really good tea to get people hooked Mm -hmm. yeah i think the the sweeter one definitely uh i remember my friend uh at the tea house today uh he's also a very uh he's very good at tasting donkhan merit a lot of donkhan merit um producer take their tea each harvest for them to sample and to, to see how they can adjust. And then he was telling me like, oh, I was brewing Dongfangmei and the three plums, uh, you know, they have those competitions. And he was brewing the one that's like three flowers one in, in mm-hmm. the grape. That's like pretty good, pretty good grape in competition of Dongfangmei. And he's like, I was so frustrated because they told me it tastes like water. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think Don Palmerin, uh, it's um because it's all about the bug bitten taste that you get about from Don Palmerin that makes it or expensive or premium uh, for people who drink tea. But like for beginners, I think it's interesting to get that. Mm, but bit honey scent from it. 
I also do it with, so let's say I don't want to use my Dong Fang Miren, but I still want to give them that, that essence. Then I'll do, was, yeah. So that was my oh. introduction to that got, um, when I got into higher NT after mm -hmm. the first steep or so, I like to add a little bit of honey in with my tea mm -hmm. and you know, I, cause I felt like it needed it. And mm -hmm. we went to this, my wife and I went to this tea room and there was a guifei cha and mm -hmm. I saw a bug bitten and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. You know, I'll get it. Yeah. I got mm -hmm. it. And I thank goodness the person that served it. They said, I said, could I get some honey? And they go, sure, sure, sure. But just try it first. Just, mm -hmm. just, you know, just give it a shot. I remember I took a sip. I started drinking it and I was confused. I was like, is there already honey in this? Honey it. <laughs> like, a, truly, like, I was very much weirded out in a way. I was like, this mm -hmm. is just, this is just the tea leaf. And, mm -hmm. and that's when you read a little more about the tea's description and, and the, you say, oh, like, this is, this is like, this really is just the leaf. They didn't, like, soak the tea leaf in honey or anything. There's, it literally just because of this bug, you know, it, it ends up mm -hmm. giving out this and how it's produced gives out this flavor that is just, uh, the guy came over with the honey and I never used it. it uh, oh. And then, and then I bought some of that tea to go home with. Cause I was like, Whoa, this is, this is cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And then just by drinking that tea without, um, any sweetener in it, got my palate to get used to tea without anything added. So mm -hmm. that tea alone got me to stop adding sweetener into my tea. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that That's crazy? Yeah. Like it, it was. Do you think Ruby 18, but very bug bitten Ruby 18 can do the same for the younger Jeffrey <laughs> back in the days? Possibly. I like, listen, I, I just always like asking people because some people, I tend to see it 50, 50, either. I talk to mm -hmm. somebody about Ruby 18 and they say, oh, I love, no, I absolutely love that tea. No, I, I like, I have a very, I, I'm a big fan of it. Or mm -hmm. I'll talk to somebody and they'll say the same things that I say. They're like, oh, you know, it's kind of watery. It doesn't really. So I, I'll, I, after talking with you, I'll chalk it up to that. I, I still I mean, I never shut out a tea. I always will keep continue to taste teas. I never completely mm -hmm. give up on them. But yeah, I don't know. I at least you've given me a little more hope to go back into it with a positive outlook. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the tea master because I've tasted some really sick uh, Ruby 18 that was very bug bitten, uh, like quite recently. Like the whole leaf was like almost eaten up by the bugs. And you're like, I know this tea is going to be so sweet. <laughs> and then it was so, so dense. It was very dense. I think uh, in, in like, if you want to get rid of or get a Ruby 18 that's less watery, maybe find a one that is from summer harvest and that would be more bug bitten. And um, maybe if they do some drying, like very dry at the end, it can also concentrate the taste of the tea. Um, but also oxidation level. Like if you see the tea leaves that's like red um, and out, <laughs> then that is probably a good ruby eating, but you still need to taste it to know. So I think a lot of people told me like, oh yeah, I love, I love a certain cultivar. But for me, it's like, okay, like that's like 
the taste of a general taste of this cultivar that you like or they were told me like oh yeah i love alisan but then like i think alisan has so many um methods of making alisan so it's a it's a good way to like generalize like the type of tea that you like and i have a rough picture of how you like your tea uh but i think uh yeah, give it a few try. <laughs> See, maybe, maybe if I see some cool Ruby 18s, I will send it to you and, uh, you know, give it a last shot. <laughs> and then we can, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we've, we've reached the end of our road today, unfortunately. Uh, I've mm -hmm. had a very, very good time chatting with you again. Um, mm -hmm. We'll definitely, definitely continue to, to, we'll have you on again. And I'm sure, I'm sure people are going to love hearing about your, your 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 own tea journey over there in Taiwan. I really do. I, people are going to really like this this one. Mm -hmm. Um. So hopefully uh, this spring. I hope. I really really do hope to carry your tea. I mean, I've tried it. I've sampled it, and it's mm -hmm. it is for those of you who it's phenomenal. It is it is truly top tier caliber tea. Like very very uh, worthy of that high mountain prize name. <laughs> Um, so if people want to get a hold of you, is Instagram typically the best way or? Yes. So my Instagram is Jamie and T, J-A-Y-M-E and T. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the text up so that way there's, people can just take a look at it. But, okay. <laughs> um, so thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I know mm -hmm. this is the end of your day, so I appreciate you taking some time out to talk with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll do a last kind of cheers to you. I hope you're well, stay healthy, stay happy. Um, give, Sorry, give I'm love. Not... Oh, you're fine. Marking style here. Cause it's 2 AM. So I'm not, I had too much tea today. Sam, I had a lot of sampling, uh, of tea today. So I'll drink tea for now. I'm not blaming you. I'll drink all. water for now. So, so cheers. We'll be in touch. Uh, stay healthy and, and thank you again. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>